124 of the TruthQuest podcast, The Truth About Intellectual Dishonesty. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you are on social media and topics such as political bias, the Pennsylvania vote count, the Tenth Amendment, court packing, or the Biden crime family comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, BitChute.com, Brighteon.com, and ThinkSpot. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Originally, I titled this episode The Truth About Profound Disappointment, but as I started putting my thoughts together, I decided a more accurate title is The Truth About Intellectual Dishonesty. Typically, when you think about disappointment or profound disappointment, it has to do maybe with a parent who's profoundly disappointed in their children's behavior or decisions. Maybe you feel or express profound disappointment when someone you trust lies to you or or steals from you. The profound disappointment I wanted to express to you today is that I have towards many of my fellow Americans who are unable or unwilling to prioritize principles over their political party. You know, things like God and family and country and the Constitution and the rule of law and intellectual honesty, all of which should come before some corrupt, conniving, self-serving political party. So what is the lens with which you see the world? What's the filter with which you run your political preferences through? Well, let's start with God. It's interesting to note how much effort the left has put in over the last 75 years or so to run God out of the public square and the schools. These same people preach freedom from religion rather than freedom of religion. Check out episode 53 if you're interested in that topic. The truth is, if you adhere to or believe in Judeo-Christian values, You must see everyone as made in the image of God and therefore worthy of love and respect. You must also abide by the Ten Commandments. Think about those two things in the context of how some of you view political discourse these days. Do you treat your political foes with respect? Do you see them as worthy of respect? Do you honor your mother and father even if they are Trump supporters or pro-life, heaven forbid? Do you spread false testimony on your social media posts about people with whom you disagree? The next lens with which we might look through is family. I mean, after God, family should fall somewhere near the top of your list of priorities before politics. Eh, who are we kidding? Who needs a family when you have the village? After all, it takes a village. The nuclear family has all but been destroyed. Who needs the nuclear family with a married mother and father, especially when men are presented as unnecessary, worthless, aggressive, and rapists? What about the country? Do you consider the good of the country when evaluating specific policy prescriptions suggested by your political party? Do you ever ask the question, is this good for the country as a whole? Or do you ignore the consequences to the country? For some of you, you would never consider standing up for a systemically racist country, one with so much inequality, one with a president like Trump, one with a history of slavery. When it comes to being principle-driven in the arena of politics and public policy, what could be more directive than the Constitution? 
Unfortunately, we now live in a post-Constitution America, meaning the limited scope of power granted to the federal government has become virtually unlimited with an impotent Congress and an active judiciary. And I know what some of you are thinking. Who gives a shit about that ancient document written by a bunch of wealthy, white, racist slave owners? Well, that perspective and your living, breathing constitution is a big part of the problem. But what about the rule of law? Do you care that it be enforced no matter who the perpetrators are? Or are you more in favor of the dual justice system that we are currently run under? You know the one. The one for corrupt Democrats, and then the one for everyone else. From where I'm sitting, it's very obvious to me that you prefer the rule of law only to apply to your political foes. What else explains your constant cries at the absurdity of an investigation into potential voting irregularities and voter fraud? Wouldn't you want to make sure that the election was fair? What else explains your willingness to sit by while federal law was violated and perjury committed in order to get the FISA applications, which ultimately led to the failed Mueller investigation and impeachment of Trump? Who cares that John Brennan committed perjury in testimony to Congress? Who cares if Eric Holder was found in contempt of Congress? Who cares about Hillary's stupid email server? What's the point in investigating the Benghazi debacle, especially when it would humiliate Hillary and Obama by demonstrating their ineptitude? Oh, and of course, there's absolutely nothing to see with Joe and Hunter Biden and the rest of the family making millions of dollars off of Joe's influence peddling. Come on, man. None of that shit is important, but by golly, you want to make sure that all applicable rule of law angles are examined when it comes to your political foes. How do you reconcile that? I'll tell you how you reconcile it. You won't like it, and you would never admit it to yourself, but the reason you can reconcile holding such views is because you are intellectually dishonest. Some of you may be intellectually lazy, but most of you with whom I have interacted with are dishonest. Speaking to Democrats, liberals, and Trump haters, based on my observation, you have no interest or need, for that matter, given the lack of an honest press to engage in intellectually honest conversations and civil debate because when you return to your New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, PolitiFact, BuzzFeed bubble, you either never hear about any of the things I just mentioned or they are all thrown out without offering any credible reasons other than by demonizing the other side. Trump's the devil. Giuliani is a joke. Kellyanne Conway is an idiot. And, by the way, her husband hates Trump. Look at Eric Donald Jr. and Ivanka. What a bunch of pampered, privileged putzes. And that stupid bitch Melania? Any woman who would marry that piece of garbage and pose nude is a stupid bitch. Now that last piece about Melania is an exact quote from one of my daughter's former friends. That's what she said about the First Lady after we went and heard her give a speech and posted pictures on social media. What is left for a large number of you if you are not guided by God, family, country, the Constitution, or the rule of law? What do you fill that void with? Well, you fill it with other little g-gods. For some of you, it's the Democratic Party. For others, it's the environment, or climate change, or abortion, or racial and gender issues. Whatever it is, it's not healthy. For some of you, that little g-god is hate for Trump and his supporters. You are blinded by the hate, and that apparently is transferred to people like me who actually voted for the guy. I just have to stop here and confirm it. You guys are aware that we only have two real choices in this country. You are aware of that, right? Well, 
If you believe in anything resembling freedom, liberty, and limited government, whatever vestiges of it still remains, you cannot in good conscience vote for a Democrat candidate for president. Whether that be Biden, Hillary, Obama, Kerry, Gore, Clinton, Dukakis, Mondale, or Carter. So why hate someone like me because I prefer those things over ever-growing, ever-encroaching federal government that sees me as an idiot that must be cared for from cradle to grave? See, this is where the principles come into play. If God, family, country, constitution, and rule of law took precedent over your partisanship or hatred of a person and or his supporters, you would want to know the truth about your candidates. You would evaluate their behaviors, actions, and words the same way you do Trump's, and you would be equally disgusted. You probably still hold your nose and vote for them, but at least you would be honest with yourself. You might even spend some time on social media explaining how flawed your candidate is, how likely it is they should be in prison, but due to the dual justice system, they're free to do whatever they wish. But, but you still must vote for them because Trump is terrible for so many reasons. There, see, there's nothing wrong with that type of conversation. That's how I feel about Trump. He's no limited government constitutional scholar, but he's the only choice for someone like me and the 72 million others who value all the things I just mentioned. Judeo-Christian principles do not permit you to dehumanize your fellow human beings, much less a political foe. Anyone who stands up for Trump is derided, made fun of, called all sorts of names, and dehumanized by the media, and sadly, you go right along with it. There has to be some level of discernment when it comes to the media. The mainstream media, they're, they're a bunch of liars and sycophants. They, they don't have any credibility, and you should take anything they say, not with a grain of salt, but with a spoonful. Along with the dehumanization of political foes comes the tearing down of institutions and traditions that made America great because, after all, anything goes when you're at war with the devil and his supporters. Think about it. Defund the police. Abolish the Electoral College. End the Senate filibuster. Pack the Supreme Court. An FBI that conducts interviews without counsel and entraps people. Judicial activism, like changing state election laws without legislative approval, or disregarding the dropped case against Michael Flynn, or making up constitutional rights, or creating unconstitutional precedents which get used in future cases. The other issue I see with a lot of you is you remain silent as your party's leaders, your party's appointees, your party's sympathizers fabricate stories, libel, slander, and censor their foes. You remain silent and sheer as the dual justice system grinds down Trump, Flynn, Roger Stone, and the likes while your team members skate. Silence is violence. Isn't that one of your most recent slogans used to corner non-Kool-Aid drinking liberals? If you don't speak out against racism, you're a racist. I think that's how the intellectually dishonest argument goes, something like that, right? So why doesn't the same standard apply to you? Discussing policy differences is one thing. I can do that all day. I love that. But you, on the other side, are not willing to engage in civil debate. It's just devolved into name-calling and the dehumanization of your political foes. The Judeo-Christian principle that everyone is made in the image of God and worthy of respect no longer applies to conservatives and, and or Trump supporters in the eyes of most Democrats, liberals, and Trump haters. It provides you cover for treating us with contempt and disrespect. After all, if someone sides with the devil, they are worthy of scorn. Now, I realize that I cast a wide net, and you may be saying, you don't know me, I'm just an average dude like you. Just because I voted for Biden doesn't mean I hate you. 
That may be true. However, my follow-up question is, do you condone what has been and is going on? Have you spoken out? I'm not the one who says silence is violence. It's your side of the aisle that peddles in that type of virtue signaling BS. So have you expressed your dissatisfaction with your side as they condone or at least remain mute regarding riots, looting, and arson? Calling your foes xenophobes, sexists, homophobes, transphobes, bigots, racists, and Nazis? I don't see any of you speaking out against cancel culture whose net only seems to catch non-liberals and non-democrats. Why don't you guys just say it out loud? You only believe in free speech for people who think like you. Just say it. You guys act as if just because we support Trump, we condone his sins, his behaviors, his tweets, his arrogance, and anything else you can think of. Enter another example of intellectual dishonesty. By applying your own standard to you, the one that you apply to me and other Trump supporters, we must conclude that you condone your candidates' sins, behaviors, public proclamations, arrogance, and anything else I can think of. Now, this gets really ugly when I apply your own standard to you. But here goes a brief examination of recent history. I guess you condone Joe Biden's decades-long influence peddling using his son as his bagman. Check out episode 118 about that. What about Kamala Harris? What about Kamala Harris, you say? She's the first woman to, of color to become VP. She's a woman. We celebrate the success of women. I've never heard any darn thing about her. Of course you haven't, because your news outlets do not tell you the truth about prominent Democrats. I guess you think Kamala Harris sets an excellent example for girls to follow when she slept her way to the top of California political arena with Willie Brown. I guess you find it acceptable that Kamala Harris's ancestors owned slaves while at the same time calling the country systemically racist, calling for slavery reparations, and calling anyone who disagrees with you a racist. I guess you pardon Kamala's 2,500 drug convictions as the AG of California, most of whom were people of color. Check out episode 111 if you want to learn more about our new VP. Back to applying your own standard to you. How about the shady dealings at the Clinton Foundation? Foreign companies, foreign countries, essentially buying access to whom they presume would be the next president of the United States. I assume you condone those illegalities. Throughout the Obama years, you never had any issues with his numerous lies because he was on your team, right? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. The Affordable Care Act will save the average family $2,500 a year. If he told those lies one time, he told them dozens of times in dozens of settings. While we're on this subject, what would your action have been if Mitch McConnell had refused to allow non-Republicans to see the contents of a major bill and when finally cornered by reporters said, well, we'll have to pass the bill to see what's in it. Nancy Pelosi said that about the Affordable Care Act, and you said nothing. Are you intellectually dishonest? A partisan hack? Or are you going to start thinking for yourself and calling balls and strikes regardless of who the pitcher is? Or what about, I have a pen and a phone? You guys cool with that? That was, that was Barack Obama. I'm sure if Trump tweeted that he was going to ignore Congress and use his pen and his phone to get stuff done, you would think to yourself, yep, yep, that's fine. No, that's, that seems reasonable. See where the intellectual dishonesty comes in? Did you have anything to say about Obama's military actions in Libya and Syria? I mean, Bush lied and people died, but Obama just unilaterally committed our military with no declaration of war. At least Bush got his bullshit congressional authority to go into Iraq. 
Given the standard that you apply to us racist and homophobic Trump supporters, I guess you guys are all in with the sexual predator formerly known as the President of the United States, Bill Clinton. Remember Jeffrey Epstein's jet, his island? Monica Lewinsky, Paula Jones, Juanita Broadwick? What about Biden? Why haven't you guys applied the Stormy Daniels standard to Tara Reid? Could it be that you're intellectually dishonest? You demand a funding of the police, yet decades-long-run Democratic cities like Chicago and Oakland set records for murders every single year. And on top of that, you want more gun control. I'm sorry, but that isn't intellectually dishonest. That's willful negligence. And I hope some enterprising attorney files a class-action lawsuit against these Democratic stronghold cities from all the families who have had members of their family murder while the city officials did jack shit. It's absolutely disgusting. What about your claim to follow the science? Follow the science. Follow the science. I guess the idea is if you say it enough, people will know what the hell you're talking about. Nonetheless, let's apply your own standard to you. Science says babies in the womb are human beings. Science says lockdowns are not the answer to COVID. Science says there are two genders. So what's the deal with all the pro-abortion advocacy? Can one of you please answer the question, what about the baby? Please answer that question. Why does your side insist on more lockdowns when the science says otherwise? And can you please address the dangers of allowing men who identify as a woman to use a woman's restroom or locker rooms? Is it too much to make a common sense argument that men should not compete with women in athletic competitions? It isn't that difficult to pick this shit apart and lay out the hypocrisy. I could go on for another 20 minutes pointing out the intellectual dishonesty, inconsistencies in your positions. Now, I understand that calling you dishonest might be offensive, given the fact that you marinate in a handful of alphabet soup news organizations that suppress a lot of this stuff I mentioned, but that's no excuse. That's on you. All of us have the world at our fingertips and our phones. All of us can employ a little curiosity, and all of us can seek the truth at a moment's notice. I want to focus for just a couple minutes on the election of 2020 and the allegations of voting irregularities and voter fraud. The vitriol surrounding Trump's legal team's efforts to prove both have been especially vicious. I'm most disappointed in my friends who either voted for Biden, hate Trump, or both, and their silence in the face of clear irregularities and fraud, especially those of you who just parrot the mainstream media's where's the evidence line, or I especially enjoy the repetitious line that is stated emphatically, there is no fraud. How do you know without an investigation? I have news for you. There is always fraud. Dead people always vote. Philly and Chicago and other Democratic-controlled cities have always had fraud, going back decades. LBJ stole his first Senate election in 1948 in Texas. JFK became president largely due to the Daily Machine in Chicago. Al Franken unseated Norm Coleman in 2008 under, shall we say, suspicious voting irregularity circumstances. You can fact-check everything I'm telling you in a matter of minutes. So to say there is no fraud is not only disingenuous, it's a lie, and most importantly for this episode's message, it's intellectually dishonest. You guys called Bush illegitimate after the Bush-Gore race and the Florida election fiasco. Speaking of that, back in 2000, did you say, there is no fraud, or repeatedly ask, where's the evidence, while Al Gore held up the final results of that election for 38 days? If not, then you're intellectually dishonest. Back in 2000, we were dealing with a handful of counties in one state. Today, we're dealing with multiple states and dozens or more counties. 
You called Trump illegitimate and tried to impeach him using known false information, the Steele dossier. So you called Trump and Bush illegitimate, but demand that we dutifully accept Biden with no examination of potential irregularities. That's the textbook definition of intellectual dishonesty. So here's the basic principle being applied to this circumstance. Cheaters are not supposed to win, folks. Isn't that something we can all intellectually honest people, we can all agree on? It doesn't matter if it's a football game or one team gets away with a clear foul or a test taken in school where someone cheats or if it's an election. Cheaters are not supposed to win. Based on the response I've seen, heard, and observed, I'm left to conclude that you prefer if everyone just ignored credible allegations of voter irregularities and voter fraud in a handful of heavily populated Democrat-controlled counties. Well, why? Why would you want to ignore such a thing? Because your guy has been declared the winner? But what if he cheated to win? Is it okay to ignore this because you hate Trump so much that you could care less about the potential disenfranchise of 72 million Trump voters? But what if there was fraud? Should cheaters be allowed to win? That's the principle. It's not like there's nothing to be investigated. I already mentioned dead people voting. We had simultaneous ceasing of vote counting in several large Democratic-controlled cities in the middle of the night, and then there was a massive dump of Biden votes. Was all that real? We have reports of overvotes. That's where there's more votes cast than there are registered voters. We have GOP poll watchers treated differently than their Democrat counterparts. We have statistical anomalies demonstrating potential evidence of vote total manipulation. And there are reports of program computer cheating. There's all kinds of stuff that needs to be looked at. So let me ask you this, my intellectually honest friends. Are you for or against election integrity? That's, that's one of those yes or no questions. You, you can't answer yes if the circumstances are one way and no if there's the other. Let me ask you this. If the roles were reversed, similar occurrences in Republican-run cities, massive dumps of Trump votes in the middle of the night, and apparent computer problems and statistical anomalies, would you and your media sit idly by and say, there is no fraud and where's the evidence? Hell no. You would be raising hell 24-7 and the radicals who make up a minority of your coalition would be burning cities to the ground. Would you have been suspicious if Trump and Pence made very little effort to actually campaign in the weeks leading up to the election and then garner more votes than Barack Obama like Biden and Harris did? I mean, it's almost like they knew what the outcome would be regardless of the amount of effort they put in on the campaign trail. I don't understand the willingness to dismiss a friend rather than debate or discuss with him. I've asked numerous Facebook friends to clarify their posts. Most recently, I had a woman who I've played soccer with for several years post something like, Finally, we have rights for gays, transgender, immigrants, and uh, the usual list of perceived aggrieved groups now that Trump has been defeated. I asked her a simple clarifying question. How are all these various groups, and then I repeated her list, how were they repressed under Trump? You know what her response was? Nothing. I've had similar exchanges over and over again on Facebook. I was called a Nazi by a second cousin of my wife because I defended Trump. I've had people quote New York Times and CNN and Mother Jones and MSNBC and BuzzFeed to dispute claims I make. They act like doing so is the equivalent of God speaking to Moses in the burning bush. Do they have any idea that their sources have been exposed as stooges for the Democratic Party? Are they unaware of the fact that their news outlets literally censor stories detrimental to anyone with a Democrat affiliation while attacking Trump endlessly and brutally? Meanwhile, my intellectually dishonest quote-unquote friends speak so confidently in their ignorant pronouncements on social media. 
they seem oblivious to the fact that there may be another side of the story. As I was putting my thoughts together for this episode, I realized just how disingenuous the intellectually dishonest are in their rhetoric. Off the top of my head, consider consider Black Lives Matter. You're not allowed to say all lives matter. You can't point out the true nature of the organization. And you must never, never point out that, yes, Black Lives Matter is a statement of fact. What about say her name, I can't breathe, hands up, don't shoot, or count all votes rather than count all legal votes? How is that controversial? Or what about systemic racism? Everything reverts back to that, and heaven help you if you dispute that claim. What about the faux outrage over the Paris Climate Accord? You guys know that it's not a treaty, right? And finally, we've already discussed the hypocrisy of one of, the, one of your favorite refrains, which is follow the science. So here's my call to everyone, liberals, conservatives, GOP, libertarians, Dems, Trump haters, Trump lovers, and fence sitters. Try to center yourself on basic principles like God, family, the country, the constitution, the rule of law, and intellectual honesty. And view the world through that prism rather than succumbing to the lowest of human emotions of hate, greed, and suspicion. Resist the temptation to cast dispersions and name call. Embrace the opportunity to make your case. If you can't explain why you believe what you believe, don't you think there may be a problem with that position? It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to examine your preferences and seek the truth. Not your truth. That's BS. Seek the truth. Have the courage to say, you know what? Uh, the fact that I can't explain XYZ may mean that I'm wrong. I need to re-examine my position. I feel sorry for those of you who are unable to do that because you've stopped thinking for yourself. You simply take what your alphabet soup news outlet says as truth, and you marinate in their hate and their lies and their slanted coverage of everything that they disagree with. That is bound to have an impact on you. Above all else, treat your debate partners with respect that they deserve as being made in the image of God. You can think they are misguided, but you shouldn't be able to explain to them why, rather than thinking they're stupid or a bigot or racist or a Nazi, that's on you. Maybe you're projecting. At the very least, you are being intolerant and narrow-minded. But most importantly, you're being intellectually dishonest. Is it too much to ask for intellectual honesty, civility, courtesy, and good old-fashioned manners? A little intellectual honesty goes a long way in clearing the fog of hate, the idol worship of your little g-gods. It goes a long way in curing the blinding effect of political bias as discussed in episode 123. And that is the truth about intellectual dishonesty. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Hey!